Hello everyone and welcome to PostPass, a podcast created and created by University Malaya Environmental Management Science Club, specially created for young voices to speak out on environmental issues and sustainable development. PostPass aims to inspire and empower action from the youth, you and me. So with us today, we have Sanjeev Kumar from the Planet Prodigy. Hi Sanjeev. Hey Kalila, hi. <laughs> so before we start, I think like, Uh, I will explain more about the Planet Prodigy. So like the Planet Prodigy, or also known as TPP, is an entirely student-run environmental organization based in the Faculty of Science, University Malaya. So the concept was birthed by a group of environmental science and management students in 2020. A year later, TPP has now extended to other departments and faculty hoping to build stronger, long-standing engagement between students, staff, neighboring communities, and stakeholders. Their vision is to bridge community through environmental advocacy and to promote environmental awareness using social media, environmental education, and community and stakeholder engagement approaches. Oh, so uh, actually, Sanjeev, I just know that you guys started to branch out and involve other students from different faculties. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, so like it was uh, it was a tough consideration, but we decided that probably this year is when we want to like, you know, branch out, just include mm-hmm. other departments and stuff. And thankfully, yeah, people found it interesting. They wanted to be a part of it and we, we managed to extend. So that was interesting. Yeah, and if you guys want to check out the Planet Prodigy, you guys can go to their Instagram. And they do weekly. I think like sometimes you guys do quizzes, right? Yeah, we do quizzes and like weekly mm-hmm. environmental postings and some activities throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So just Elias, the Planet Prodigy, right? Yep, the Elias, the Planet Prodigy. Yep. Okay, so and it is no surprise uh, why we at Postpass think that they are the perfect people to reach out to about our topic for today, which is creating a climate for change. Why should we care? Okay, Sanjeev, just for remind us all, what is climate change? Sure. And before that, just thank you so much for having me mm-hmm. and having the Planet Prodigy. I think this is really a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. So just thank you so much for considering us. And yeah, coming back to climate change, awesome. you know, that's something exciting. And, you know, I really want to be able to share about it, you know. Uh, TPP is mm. one of its roots is in climate change. So when mm. we talk about climate change for, mm. you know, some of us who probably don't know much about it, we tend to look at it from the two words that make up climate change. Mm. So climate here refers to temperature and weather patterns. Now, a lot of us confuse weather with climate. So climate is usually longer lasting, you know, it spans mm-hmm. a larger region and also it, you know, it more long term. So that is what climate is, you know, it is the mm-hmm. and weather patterns. And then change basically over here refers to the shift or the alteration. So climate change altogether is basically us experiencing the mm-hmm. temperature and weather pattern. It is changing, you know, it is shifting. Mm-hmm. So that experience that we have, that is climate change. Oh, I see. So like, how will it actually affect Malaysia? Because we know that Malaysia is already like too hot and also we have a lot of rainfall. So mm-hmm. how does it specifically affect us 
in Malaysia? Sure. So that is actually a very good question because a lot of the resources, they talk about climate change on a global, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how it affects globally. So probably as Malaysians, we may not be able to see the actual extent or how we are firsthand experiencing it. So mm-hmm. I think this is a really nice question for us to know what is happening in our backyard. You know, what? how is climate change directly affecting us, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the easiest things that we could see is definitely the weather pattern change especially the heat waves right now you know it is mm. just getting so hot yeah, <laughs> right? <than> normal. <laughs> true that is so true you know with the heat waves and you know it's just lasting longer and it's much hotter so i think that is one factor on effect that people tend to observe very readily you know it's very notably observed mm-hmm. and probably i would speak in terms of like malaysia you know we have such a long coastline you know especially the east coastline areas so the coastline becomes very vulnerable effects of climate change would be because coastlines are like the they're technically the primary buffer of the the sea and, and marine environment so climate change has a lot of impact on that marine environment, you know, uh, starting with sea level rise. So th- that is going to cause a lot of catastrophic events to our coastline and our coastal areas. And some uh, locations have already been prone to drought and floods, especially, I think, you know, we, we always watch the news and we know that, you know, certain locations, especially in the east coastline of peninsula malaysia like Kelantan and Terengganu they are prone to the yeah true climate change would Mm -hmm. uh, exacerbate that right yeah it would actually Mm -hmm. mm, make it more vulnerable to certain situations and also it really would affect our marine environment especially our coral reef because our pantai, especially probably when we grow up and we watch this Visit Malaysia punya advertisement, can if you remember Yuliduluto and then there's yeah. like some scenes about people snorkeling and you can actually see the coral reef. Yeah, Malaysia has that coral reef mm-hmm. system and climate change is actually bleaching these coral reefs. Yeah, it's actually deteriorating their ecosystem. So that is one sad thing. And definitely it goes more. Yeah, It actually starts to affect social mm-hmm. well-being, people's livelihood. It affects crop productivity. So that will have a, a huge effect on yeah, farmers. Yeah, crop productivity. Yeah. Yeah, true. So it's really. I think like, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think no, like no Malaysia people, they think like, oh, Malaysian, they think climate change is not affecting them because they are not experiencing anything. Unless they are farmer, right? Because they will experience a lot of hope failure because of the, <clears throat> the uh, climate change, right? So I think like people are like that. If they think that is not happening to them, they think they have no issue with it at all. Do you agree with that? I so agree with that. I think what you pointed out is really true because climate change, the first people who get affected by it are the vulnerable communities, you know, the communities that are going to get the first impact from climate change. Mm-hmm. So by the time that realization gets to more of the public, you know, mm-hmm. so that, yeah, yeah, I really agree with that. I think our awareness is because we are not that part of that vulnerable community where we get the effect firsthand where the crop is, you know, crop productivity decreases or the mm-hmm. fish, uh, you know, population is fluctuating. So yeah, that I think that is such a really important... Yeah, it is true, it is true. Mm-hmm. And like, we always hear like money, sort of save energy, save water, do more recycle as one of their action that we can do to reduce climate change. 
But in your opinion, like there is there any other ways we can do overcome climate change in a longer period? Sure, definitely. You get my question? Yep, yep, I do. So it's like other forms, right? Then the, <laughs> the normal saving yeah. energy, saving water, recycle, you know, that that we are used to, okay? Tapi even then pun, yeah. I rest saving energy, saving water, eh? Conver- uh, conservation lah, basically. Conservation, I think, yeah, even conservation. already doing a great impact to mm-hmm, that environment, sure. okay? It helps somehow. Tapi if we were to look at other ways, because when we look at climate change, the two things that we want to conserve is number one, energy. Because energy, it relates to mm-hmm, carbon sure. emission, okay? uh, when we are producing or generating electricity, it will re- uh, it will produce the the greenhouse gases carbon dioxide or it could be methane mm-hmm. and that will that is sort of like the gases that will feed climate change you know it will drive climate change so we don't want that to happen mm-hmm. so we want to conserve energy so i think maybe like uh, their safe energy safe water and recycle it's not like we want to uh, not care about energy and water and recycle it's just like the word safe is like always being used, like overused. Like maybe the public are being like, oh, always say like safe energy. So they are not really interested to join this uh, kind of thing. That is true because I feel like we've overused the word safe for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And now people are starting to come up with uh, newer words with regard to energy, like clean energy, renewable oh, energy, sure. energy. But the awareness or like people's understanding of that is still not there because they think that, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so used to this form of energy. Why do I need to switch to yeah. energy all of a sudden? You see, so that that word like macamanya, our community has been so used to the word safe and recycle mm-hmm. after so long. Now we're gonna have to think of a way to sort of put these new terminologies into our people's minds, you see? Because there's so many different things, kan? Macam, true? So I think that it could be a barrier lah. And also, I think another way, a, a very interesting way, because of the mention of recycle uh, just now, it, it would be the five R's. Because um, that is something new right now, the mm-hmm. five R's. It's about... Um, Growing up, I'm sure we are very used to the three R's, yeah? Reuse, reduce, yeah. recycle. So everyone knows about that, although some of us may not voluntarily, uh, I mean, we, we may not consciously know that we are doing it, but actually we do, you know, because like, for mm-hmm. example, I feel uh, growing up, uh, you know, I had many cousins younger than me, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever like we had like clothes that we wore and suddenly they become too small for us, <laughs> I rasa macam that is something common in Malaysia Like we do that uh, Is that something you practice in your household as well? Yes, yes We pass down our uh, clothes, right? Kan, yeah <laughs> so I think that is In a way we are actually reusing We are reusing the clothes without ourselves realizing You know, like we don't do it for the environment We probably think of oh, Because uh, of our money issue Kan, <laughs> But that is an environment context to it. You see, ataupun like when we go to this jamuan makan-makan and everything and uh-huh. you know, I, I guess maybe masa COVID, uh, you know, during the COVID time, 
we we didn't really have that much of opportunities for the, like these gatherings and open houses. But I guess before that, when all the neighbors and family members would come together, there would be a lot of food. Yeah, because being Malaysian, we love food. Yeah, we have so many varieties. And you know, towards the end, if there's so much food left over, we always tap out the food. You know, but even that is in a way we are reducing food waste. You know, we we are reducing the the chances of food being discarded. So without our ourselves realizing actually. Mm-hmm. We are in so many environment-saving, environment-protecting measures without ourselves realizing that it is for the environment. We always think of money. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, one of the easiest ways to connect to people is uh, just give them some form of a link that, okay, this will save your money. Make your life convenient and easy. And then they will be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Even though they don't realize that it is for the environment, you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I think I understand. Uh, I, I, I agree with what you say. Because like, Uh, nowadays money is like everything right like if we are in Kuala Lumpur I think like it is more convenient for us to use public transport because it saves our time and also our money that is so true that is so true especially with like the now concession cards for like students mm-hmm. and that that seven ringgit for one day 30 ringgit for one month kind of mm-hmm. a passes. I think that is really helping people like me who would just love public transport <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay okay Jeff, we go to the next question I think this this question <laughs> is very like also personal for me because I I really want to know do you identify yourself as climate activist and if you do can I know why Thank you so much for this question. I guess I'm not really asked about it that much. So, you know, the definition of being an activist could be very subjective for different people because uh, some yeah. people might think, am I doing enough to consider myself an activist? activist Or some yeah. people just, you know, throw the rubbish properly and then I'm like, okay, I'm doing my part. I am an activist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's not yeah. really a proper like, benchmark to say. Well, which is which, but if I was to call myself an activist, I definitely do identify as more of an advocate than an activist. You see, advocate, yeah, I see. Like during the pandemic, uh, the activist part has been like on hold a little mm-hmm. bit. So you know, trying to get that that engine up as well, uh, hopefully. But yeah, definitely, I I do identify as an advocate or an activist because I feel you know, if you are an activist, definitely you have to be aware mm-hmm. of climate change. That is the first step, uh, the first stage. You know, your awareness yeah. is most important. You have to know about it, and then second is now that you're aware, do you care? You know, do you show concern about climate change? Mm-hmm. Uh, do do you care about the effects? And then, are you willing to take action? You know, so I think. These are the three simple like criteria that if you pass this, then I feel you can call yourself an activist. You know, be aware, be concerned, and act on it. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So, mm-hmm. so I think it is very interesting because I am not uh, I I'm not identify myself as climate activist because uh-huh. I'm more into like general environmental activist or environmentalist something like that. Yes. True. Yeah. <laughs> So I just advocate people on environment. So I think it is very cool that you are interested in climate, like specifically in climate. And can I know like why climate change become an important issue for you? Like when was the moment when that you realized like, oh, oh, this is serious and I need to do something about it? I just love the urgency that this question calls for. You know? <laughs> yes, that's really, yeah, that's really fun. And a lot of people don't ask, and I feel like this would be such a great like conversation starter 
Mm-hmm. If you were to just sit with people and ask them this, like you would get so many different variations of answers, you know. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting. See, like probably for me, I guess. I mean, growing up, I did enjoy doing anything that had to do with like nature, biodiversity. Oh. Right, get my school Like you know, all these activities like community cleanups or tree planting. But then at the time, I think I didn't really have the maturity or knowledge to understand. What climate change mm-hmm. is, you know, I just probably just did it for. Oh, I love plants, you know, that, that kind of like yeah. a very, uh, you know, a kid-like uh, energy and carefreeness. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was during like after my pre-university time too. If you remember, during mm-hmm. 2019, all over the news they were talking about this Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Must say 2019, if I mm-hmm. if I remember again. Uh, where uh, what was happening in Amazon, and, and that is why they, they they call Amazon the the lungs of the earth because mm-hmm. the the such a productive tropical rainforest it is you know it is such a very you know very well developed rainforest and you know mm-hmm. it is so important and at that time you know uh, certain parties were just they basically they just slash and burn you know the deforestation mm-hmm. for uh, for agriculture and that sort of made me really mad and and mm-hmm. like you know why people were doing that. So that sort of like just grew this this sort of fire in me, you know, to 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 just learn and just understand what climate change is like. You know, that that was the moment mm-hmm. I thought like, okay, this is serious because you now it's happening in Amazon. Who knows it's gonna happen in Malaysia? I mean, in, in some parts of Malaysia, it has been happening already for so many decades. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so that moment I think was my realization, like my wake up call. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so I see like it's because of the Amazon Amazon case, and uh, actually during that time I'm also like shocked because of that, and I feel like very sad actually because I think like the whole world are uh, actually shows that they care about the climate change thing because it is trending on Twitter for several days if I was not mistaken, and then like how do you think that how can we encourage people? our age or even younger than us to care more about climate because like we are the people who are going to who are going to live in the future right and then like climate change is like a very long time to happen so it will affect us the, the most so what do you think that that we should do as a younger generation Mm, for a younger generation by the way i like how you pointed out twitter specifically at that time because mm-hmm. i think now everyone is just in that social media era you know where you know information it really just trends very quickly on the social media applications mm-hmm. twitter instagram and the younger generation if you notice they are the ones that are always on the phone you know always on social media you know a tiktok yeah. Instagram, Twitter, you know, all uh, all what sorts of even I don't think I catch up with the new applications. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids are just learning fast. They know so much more about this technology and social media than us. So I think that will be a great way for us to encourage them if we can sort of attract them using social media. Uh, that would definitely be for the teenagers. You know the the people of our age, and uh, one interesting thing about youth specifically is that we really want to feel productive. You know, we want to feel like we can do the work, but oftentimes mm-hmm. we get shut down mm-hmm. because there's there's not enough opportunity or platform, or sometimes we get shut down because of the you know the argument that we don't have enough. I think that we are we are still young and we don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Things like that. Yeah, so it is quite saddening. So I think one way to really encourage and just build the spirit of youth, you know, not to shut them down, is by having more opportunity platform for them to actually be like the decision makers or policy makers. Mm-hmm. You know, for them to feel like what would it be to actually have control over climate change governance? You know, and mm-hmm. I think there have been some both global and uh, national level. Um, initiatives here yeah, for example i the, the one that i can think at the back of my mind right now is the the youth cabinet uh, mm-hmm. and they collect this youth and they sort of like it's like a mock cabinet lah, almost where they you know they they are exposed about policy making mm-hmm. uh, and governance so i think that is where we actually grow their spirit and participation or even if not in policy making and decision making it could also be just creating any opportunity for them to volunteer uh, in environmental activities here yeah, for example one uh, organization that is really doing that would be roots and shoots malaysia rasma volunteering program where they collect you know youth and students around the country and they you know they are able to volunteer in in certain ngos even uh, during the previous semester break i did that i volunteered with trcrc which is tropical rainforest Conservation and Research Center. So that is definitely a great exposure because you learn from experts, you learn from people in the conservation industry. That really widened the horizon of youths. So that I feel is talking about our generation. But what about people who are younger than us, the kids? Because for them, if we were to just tell uh, climate change is important, you have to participate. They're not going to understand a single thing. I don't think my siblings would even be. Interested if climate change like it doesn't appeal to them, you know they're not gonna care, right? That's mm-hmm, yeah. the problem with kids. So I think for kids, we really need to water down climate change and make it fun, you know, make it like games and you know fun and games, so that mm-hmm. very young age they find climate change, understanding climate change to be fun, and that is how we instill the responsibility in them. So definitely with kids we really need to have a lot of patience because they are such wonderful creatures you know <laughs> they really yeah. have such a curiosity to learn so definitely we have to curate it for kids as well mm, sorry to interrupt but i did like some research on climate change in young people mm-hmm. like most of them are actually having like misconception on what climate change actually is you know like the school actually teach like wrong climate change information give wrong information like for like most of the students having like uh, think that climate change is related with ozone layer and then think that climate change is happening because of the fact that we are polluting our river so much i mean like they did not know like what is actually climate change is because our education system is not uh, telling their accurate knowledge about it i think it, it is becoming a problem because After like uh, several years, there's the child will become a teenager and they become the adult. We we have opportunity because we are environmental student. Like for students who are not taking environment uh, cars, they will like still have the same basic about climate change that they know. So. That is so true, and I really agree with you. I think it always roots back to the education system, can mm-hmm. because I think the problem with our education system, me like you pointed out, we don't really have a proper. Environmental education component. I mean, masa sekolah, yeah, we do learn okay. about environment, but no one really properly teaches us about climate change, about waste auditing, about energy auditing. So it's sort of like jumbled up in our mind. We just make the whole environment into like one piece. So we think, oh, uh, climate change, yeah, it has to do with pollution. It has to do with 
almost anything that we can think about environment, we just golongkan into climate change, right? So that is definitely a very sad problem lah because we are giving the public, we have an opportunity but we're giving them, we are misinforming them, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, that is really sad to see what you pointed out, yeah. That's so so the, um, hmm. Do you think like Malaysia encourages or discourages climate action? Malaysia, I mean, it would be very bad to say <laughs> climate action. <laughs> That is true. Malaysia definitely encourages climate action. You know, mm-hmm. I think the 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 more later policies they are starting to put it, put more importance to environment and climate change, mm-hmm. especially like you know the 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 newer policies. Even right now, Malaysia is aiming for climate sorry carbon neutrality. You know, mm-hmm. we want to achieve. A reduction in our carbon, carbon emission. Scan. So, mm-hmm. and even it's not just Malaysia, lah. It's globally, yeah, under the Kyoto Protocol and everything. So Malaysia's participation in that. But I feel definitely we still have a long way to go. You know, although encouragement is there, but there is a long way to go. You know, there's so many barriers, institutional barriers, social barriers. Mm-hmm. So trying to check one barrier after another is time taking. So hopefully we can do something about the public awareness perception as well as the the roles of government agencies and NGOs to just catalyze this movement and and encouragement. I think that would be really important for Malaysia. Right now, like um, because as a student myself, I have to admit that I often feel discouraged when it comes to like the state of the world today. I feel like simultaneously hopeless and helpless. Like almost like why? What does it matter? Like almost every day there is something new about how fast society and the environment is deteriorating. So the alarms are ringing, but it seems that everyone is moving too slow to react. So I guess my question is this. How will any of what the youth can do today affect the decision making of the often older people in power? That is such a great question, and I love how you you mentioned the the word alarm. You see, because when we associate with alarm, some of us listen to it and then we get up. <laughs> But mm-hmm. some of us probably like me. <laughs> we oh, give yeah. it a couple of years and then we get up. You know, and mm-hmm. that is definitely it goes back to individual. Perception, you know, voluntary mm-hmm. basis of like, do we want to snooze the alarm or do we like use that as an opportunity to like, okay, now it's time for me to, you know, call to action and and act on it. So mm-hmm. when we think about youth, yeah, because youth is such an important force, you know, they mm-hmm. they they have the manpower, they have the capacity, you know, they they have such great potential. So it is really important for us to inspire youth. And encourage youth that they have such an important ownership towards climate change and the way it's going to affect our community. I think if we get that through the mind of youth, that more of us will actually stop snoozing and start acting. You know. Mm-hmm. So that will definitely be the first thing that we want to do with youth, and it's quite difficult for youth to actually uh, relate to climate change and decision making because at the moment. Most of the policymakers and people in governance, they are not youth. We don't mm-hmm. see ourselves or our representatives there, mm-hmm. so it's quite difficult. And it's good to see now that there are a lot of younger people who are starting to be climate activists. Mm-hmm. They're using their social media, they're using their platform to talk about climate change to actually start the conversation and get other youth 
excited and engaged with it. And if I could uh, give a mini shout out to mm-hmm. one climate activist that I am so inspired with, and I think he's doing such a great job, it would be Ideal. Oh, Ideal. I know him. <laughs> right. I feel yeah. like a lot of youth, we just follow him and mm-hmm. just the work that he does really is inspi- inspiring mm-hmm. to us. Can? And I feel part of my journey as a, as a climate advocate, pun, I really just get inspired by his story. And it's really good to know that He's in UM now, so it's like he just feels oh, closer to the family. Right yeah, so uh, I think yeah, we need more of us, more representative youth, representative advocating, and hopefully in the policy making and decision making, so that we feel more included. We feel that mm-hmm. we have a have a purpose and ownership mm-hmm. with climate change. Yeah, because I think youth love to be a part of something. Like we love to be like responsible for something. That is so true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like if we are given like opportunity to learn more about the decision making, also be a part of it, I think it's very good because it can help in the long run because we can understand more about what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And we also can teach like older generation because I think some of them are not really think that climate change is a problem because they think that they will eventually die. <laughs> that is really true. Again, like I feel... And also, it's quite sad because some of the older generation, they feel helpless because a lot mm-hmm. of these initiatives or programs focusing on the youth. Mm-hmm. So we are li- completely leaving out the roles of the older generation and the younger kids. They're always thinking like, what is our role? Like, uh, And mm-hmm. yeah, some older generation, they're basically like, I experienced it during my time. Now it's your, your guys punya. Mm-hmm. You know what you guys want to do is so like, let me just live. <laughs> yeah, that's quite sad to see. So yeah, definitely if we can bridge all the age groups, that would be really wonderful, you know, if we mm-hmm. can bring the older generation, the younger generation, that would be really nice. So, like, what are some words of encouragement for all of us today that you can give to us? Like, yeah. Words of encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, just one of two words, like, okay, just, like, to finish your words, like, conclude your all your words before this. Sure, definitely. I think... The most important thing for some of us who want to be climate activists and or advocates, or probably just some of us who want to know more and just mm-hmm. and just be a part of it, you know, do something. Definitely, it starts with being aware. You know, that is always the first step. Just learn, be inspired. Whatever platform or whatever source that you get your information from, uh, learn, uh, absorb as much of it. And then uh, be sure to share it with people around you because if you were to do it alone, if you were to like fight the climate, you know, be a climate ranger on your own point, it's going to be so boring. So, you know, try to get your friends. Or sometimes it doesn't have to be your current circle. You know, online, you can definitely meet a lot of people who mm-hmm. share the same passion for environment and climate change, mitigation and adaptation. So, you know, find these people and just slowly start that ripple effect. So I I think that would be my encouragement. You know, just learn, absorb and do it together with people. That would just make the whole journey much more fun, enjoyable and, and just you, you will just cherish uh, this journey. Okay, so I agree with you. And then thank you so much, Sanjay. So, and that concludes podcast for today. I uh, Once again, thank you so much to Sanjay for being here and for contributing your truly inspired ideas. We really appreciate you guys taking the time out to sit down with us and have a deep talk about creating a climate change. Why should we care? So I'm Kalila, your podcast host for today. If you enjoy this podcast, keep an eye out for the next one. This is Podspass and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.